Much of our world is about that fairy tale ending. And while that's cute and all, real love is way more complicated. Yes, it's imperfect, but beautiful, and worth more than some fairy tale. This is the Project Real Love Podcast, where myths are dispelled and you are equipped to find that imperfect but perfect love. Here's your host, Pink Girl Teaches. episode of the podcast. I am not by myself. I am being joined by a guest tonight. His name is Chuck Purnell. Thank you so much, Chuck, for joining me. No, no problem. How y'all doing? I am great. How's your day been? Oh, not too bad. Hanging in there. So let's dive right into this, Chuck. So, you know, this is a dating and relationship podcast and there is no subject that is taboo or off limits. So are you currently in a relationship? Are you seeing anybody? Yes, I am. How's that going? Oh, it's great. I mean, we live together. I've moved from Atlanta to Idaho to Minnesota to Wisconsin. Stuck in a small town trying to get her to move with her kids, but, you know, being reluctant. I'm trying. I'm trying to get out of here. Well, that's good to hear that your relationship is working well. As a child growing up, what kind of relationships were you exposed to? Oh, name it. I've been through it. Uh, first relationship or girlfriend I ever had was 14, lived across the street. Then, of course, she started seeing other guys in the neighborhood, and I, I lost that. Uh, other big or long-term outside of dating relationship, I believe I was 16. Um, that lasted a few years. It wasn't too bad. You know, there was, I mean, you're young, you're dumb. Both of us would fall off here find somebody else one night find another one night i mean you're a teenager what do you do you're experiencing life yeah so it wasn't bad all right and um what about the relationships like with your parents um you know just people who are older than you did you get to see some healthy relationships dysfunctional how was that because i just kind of want to see how it may have shaped your perspective I always thought, well, I always thought my parents got along. Um, I always thought they were good. My, I always got along with my father. He was great. But as I got older, I realized that he was kind of a jerk at times towards my mom here and there. I know that, you know, he drank a lot and this and that, and you just deal with it. He never, he was never physical, but, and they had split up when I was 13 for about, a, or uh, 12 for about a year. 13 and then they moved back and they were okay and uh he had passed away in uh uh 91 he committed suicide um so it's kind of like one of those things i mean they got along you saw them great he would go out of his way to try to make her happy she would go out of her way so that was good but it just you know at one time it just i don't know lack of a better term just didn't work And, you know, that's so true. Sometimes, you know, in spite of our good intentions, sometimes it just does not work. I'm sorry to hear about, you know, him passing while you were a child. That's good. It's all right. So let's fast forward into adulthood. How have your adult relationships been? (laughs) My my current relationship is great. Um, My... Once I was, uh, what was I, 20, 
24, I believe, was my first marriage, if I remember age right. My first marriage only lasted nine months. Um, I, I believe I was ignorant on my end. I had proposed. She had said yes. And then looked in the champagne glass. I mean, it was, it was real cliche. It's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, throw it in a champagne glass, propose, and this and that when she didn't realize what was going on. And first response I got was, yes, when do we pick out the real ring? And I should have realized something then. You know, I wasn't making very much money. I was working at a Chinese restaurant during take doing takeout. So I wasn't making that great money, but saved everything to get her a ring. And sure enough, about a year into uh, the engagement, got her the ring she wanted, fixed my credit, whatever. And we got married and that lasted about nine months. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. I was like, okay, that was a waste of money. And I, I think I paid off the ring in about a, about a year, maybe a year and a half, somewhere in between there. Um, oh, wow. Got married again. Yeah, I met somebody else after that. You know, dealt with the whole dating situation as everybody does. Met somebody else. And about six eight months after dating she had put up a picture of the ring she wanted on a refrigerator or our refrigerator we moved in about six months after we had started dating um did that and i went out finally after and it, this one lasted a while before i actually like got engaged i think it was about three years before we got engaged went and did it got the ring everything we flew down to my hometown in atlanta met my friends from atlanta georgia and did this and that and then i had proposed to her she was all for it and we had gotten married and about a year after that she wanted to exchange the ring for something else i'm like really it's like well yeah i like this one i'm like you had this up on the refrigerator for about three years and that one wasn't good enough since then i'm like i i'm out I'm like, back with this. I'm not getting married a third time. Now, of course, my relationship with who I'm with is going great. So I'm like, uh, maybe there's that day. There might be that day. So you haven't given hope. Um, you haven't given up hope on possibly no. being married again. No, no, I did. I did for a while. And then, of course, you, you know, you date, you do this, you do that. You see somebody, whatever. But then you end up meeting the one where you're like, well, you know. Hey, maybe. What would you say is um, what what did you learn most from your prior marriages that you are applying to your life today? Personality. When you meet somebody, don't hold this back, don't hold that back. Be yourself and see how they respond. I mean, friends of mine call me, I don't know if I can swear or not, so I apologize. But people have like been like, God, you're the biggest asshole I know. And my current woman, I mean, she will introduce me. She's introduced me to her family. You know, she's introduced me to her mom. Like, this is my current boyfriend who are, I'm good. Her mom didn't like the last guy she's been with. And she was with this guy for about 17 years. Mom didn't like him. Mom loves me. Then introduced me to her brother. And she was like, this is Chuck. He's the biggest asshole you ever meet. <laughs> and. And he laughed and he goes, I got him beat. And the girl I'm dating now, the current, my current relationship says, oh, no, 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 no. 
I've seen him in action. You're, you've got nothing on him. And we laugh about it or whatever. But, you know, it's a good thing because I can be a jerk, not to her, but in public or whatever to people. But her family loves me as far as I know, um, as long as she's, you know, being honest with me. But, I mean, again, her mom couldn't stand her last guy for 17 years and met me about Christmas in 2018 and had told her, Oh my God, I've only met him for a couple hours. This, this, this totally beats the guy you were with for 17 years and the, the father of your children. <laughs> well, let me ask you, Chuck, do you have any children? No, thank God. As, well, like I said, the last one I know of was in Idaho who came out, he came out black. She was well, Korean. I'm white. And I'm like, eh, we need to talk. Hold up, let's back up. You can't just slide that in, you know. <laughs> what are you talking about? I moved from Atlanta, Georgia to Idaho. I was in Idaho for about three days. My Korean girlfriend that I had met in Atlanta, we, we were together for about a year. And she told me she was pregnant. She moved to Idaho to be with her family and to help raise a kid and whatever. I'm like, well, okay, I don't want to be the deadbeat dad. I want to be the jerk you know, the dad who like disappeared and you never met him. So I uh, sold half my stuff to move the other half to Idaho. I pulled into Idaho to the house she was at with her parents. And it was her stepdad and her mother. Mother's full Korean. Stepdad was white. She's standing outside in the driveway. And I pulled in and said, hi. And she's holding the baby. And I'm like, okay, we need to talk. And she, she got real defensive, real angry, and like, this is your kid. I'm like, yeah, but do you not notice a complexion difference? I'm like, here was this, here was this baby with this, you know, huge black afro. And he was, he was African-American, black, whatever the PC term is now. And I'm like, I, you know, I'll play father figure, but he, you need to change the name and if or when we break up, I'm not financially responsible at all. I'll play father figure. I'll be the dad. But there's there's just, do you not notice this? And for about a day, she was just angry as hell. She hated me for a day. And about three days into it, her stepdad had come up to me and told me that, hey, if I'm not going to, if I'm not going to accept this child as mine, I need to leave. And I looked at him being, being, again, being a Caucasian white guy, I'm like, I, do, you not, do you not notice this? There's a total difference. And my mother had moved to Minnesota to be with her family. She was originally from Wisconsin. Her family moved to Minnesota. So I called up mom and I was like, hey, I, I need to leave. It's not my kid and I have no money. I've got nothing. I mean, I like got rid of everything to be the good father figure and it all went to heck. So I lost everything and Ended up in Minnesota in '94. Uh, wow, um, speechless. Yeah, it was, oh, it's a, it's hilarious. I think it's one of the funniest stories I've got. <laughs> well, maybe now it's funny, but not in the moment. You know, when somebody's saying this is your child, when you're looking and you can see that no, this is not my child, and then for you to say to her that you know what. I'll step up and be a father figure to this child. And she was not happy about it. Did she ever suggest a DNA test? Uh, no, the state of Idaho did because they came, she had put me on the birth certificate. So the state had come after me for child support. So I went to do the 
whole you know testing and that and which was another good story i always thought this was funny the nurse i had was this you know big black lady and they had sent the paperwork to the to the uh, clinic and there was a picture of the ex-girlfriend holding the baby and the nurse looked at it and goes ain't no damn way that's your baby that's my baby <laughs> we're gonna humor him and hand you know then we did the whole test and boom that was that and she had asked me to keep in touch with her which was great so i had sent her a postcard hey not my kid and she wrote me she had written me one back was great she goes no no shit (laughs) and that that was that was our friendship right there it was great i don't talk to her anymore but i mean it was funny when i got this in the mail that's all it said it was funny so let me say this. It doesn't seem that, you know, that experience had any like ill effect on you. It didn't shape you in a negative way. What is it that you do to keep your perspective right or healthy? Honestly, I'm not sure. I mean, yes, it bugged me at the time, but again, this was 94. We're in what, 2019. I mean, we're talking about 25 years ago. I just kind of I flow through it, you know, do my, do my thing. I'm just like, okay, well, there's, there's gotta be something out there. There's gotta be this. Okay. We'll see what's next. I mean, I'm 46 and all the years I've been alive, I'm like, there's something, something brings it up. My biggest, you know, I've gone, I've gone to therapy. I've done this and that doesn't work at all. Music's probably my biggest thing. I would say, you know, I just listen to bands with the music that I love and that's my therapy is like gets me through this keeps me going keeps me positive you know my current relationship she has three kids that as far as I know I'm doing the right thing when it comes to them um I've asked her before and she's like no you're great you're great with them I'm like okay good you know as long as I'm being that I guess I'm not a stepdad technically but I'm like you know I'm the I'm I'm the boyfriend and I've heard stories about my, uh, when my um, current relationship in the, being from her ex, and she's had a couple between between the two of us, and they've been complete jerks. Um, I drank, and her one son had said, oh, you drank. And about a month later, this is like my new best friend. I mean, he's like, yeah, you drink, you need another one. I guess the other guy was a jerk and I'm like the fun guy or whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, But he's like, no, you're great. So I get along with the oldest son. I get along with the youngest son. You know, I, you know, I get along with the daughter. She doesn't live at the house at the, at the moment, but she's been like in and out and whatever. Um, She's got three kids. And as far as I know, we all get along. Well, that's really good. You know, family is what you make it, you know, right. so that's, that's, exactly. that's great. And you design it, you make your own rules and you live your life, which is obviously what you're doing. So I would say the other good, the other, what I call good thing is I'm not, I'm not that guy that's taken over. I'm not, you know, I'm not your new daddy. I'm just the guy that your mom's dating. I mean, you guys go to dad's you know, every weekend or every other week when it comes to uh, summer and whatnot. But they all, you know, the kids know that I, in no way am I replacing dad. I'm just mom's boyfriend. 
you know, I'm the guy that, you know, takes care of them when they need something when they're here kind of deal. Or I'm there to listen when they deal with stuff at school and whatnot. Uh, we're talking kids 13, 15, and 17. So. Okay, so they're a little older, so they can understand yep. differently. Yep, exactly. Okay. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're at the. I would. What I would call it. I mean, I remember being uh, seventeen, and I was almost there as an adult, kind of halfway, whatever, three quarters, understanding what adulthood was. But we all get along, as far as I know. Well, that's great. That's awesome. So. What has been the biggest challenge that you face as a man, you know, just feeling misunderstood when it comes to love, relationships, marriage, dating? I guess I had to explain it. I would say tr the trust issue, but it's not really that. I mean, I'm, I'm, whenever I'm in a relationship, I'm that, I don't, I don't voyeur. I don't, I don't look for something else. I don't, do this or that but guys have always had or men have always had that uh package where they're like well you're the one who cheats you're the one who does this you're the one who does that i've been in relationships where it's like every step i take i have to let them know every time i hit the restroom i gotta let them know what i'm doing when i'm doing it and what time um of course uh one of my best friends is a female from where I'm from, from Atlanta, and I've got to take time to explain this to some, which doesn't take any time at all. I'm like, hey, this is my friend, and this is my best friend. She knows anything and everything. But then there's a, that other time, being a guy, and like, uh, oh, so when you guys get together, you have sex. Well, no, we don't. We're friends, period. I mean, she's married. You know, I've been married before, and some we've gone down to Atlanta just to visit them. And some of my girlfriends have been like, yeah, hi. And the others have been like friends with her. And it, I would say that is it's that, Hey, I'm a, I'm a guy. I've got a female friend, but no, we don't have intercourse. We don't have sex. We don't do anything. I'm not cheating on you. I'm your guy. And, and I don't mind, I don't mind explaining where I'm at, what I'm doing. It's not that it's, I have it's I would assume it's from from whoever I'm dating their past because the guy was maybe a jerk or was this or that but I'm like I'm not that guy it's somebody different and it's the same thing I mean I've been like I said I've been married twice and there were horrible marriages after the end or whatever you look back and like oh my gosh what did I do but I don't I don't look at who I'm dating as that person and i've also had to do it for i have to work on realizing okay a is not b b is different than a totally different you know completely different and this is not what you went through before this is a new this is a new trip this is a new plan apples Remember and that. oranges yep exactly they apples just, and oranges it's different mm -hmm. exactly it's true. I feel like, you know, when people don't take time to self-reflect and actually heal in between relationships, then sometimes you do take that baggage in and you start holding the other person, the new person responsible for what your ex may have done. Right. Exactly. It just, it's not who you're with currently that affects it. It's who you're 
you know, who you were with, remember who you were with is completely different is not as long as it's not from the same family. I mean, they're not dating your ex's sister. It's a totally different family, totally different idea, totally different perspective or it should be. And that's how I try to look at it. Like, like I say, my current relationship, I mean, we, we had met on a dating site and this is a woman who about mm, 60, 70 miles away from where I originally had come from. So I'm like, well, we'll try something new, something out, you know, out of, out of state and see where we go. I mean, I lived in the twin cities in Minnesota. Now I'm in Wisconsin in a really small town of Boyceville. And I mean, we're, we're just over a thousand population. I think it's 1,086 people. <laughs> okay. So it's a small town. How was your experience with the online dating? Like, you know, prior to meeting her. Not too bad. Um, you know, it just, you know, I mean, you're online, so you don't know each other. You kind of text. The thing that I think is weird with texting and messaging is you don't, you see the words, you read the words, but you don't feel the emotion or the effect of the voice or if it's happy, sad, having a crappy day, having a good day, whatnot. And one of the first things that I always liked doing when I would do this, and I've only, you know, I'd only seen or talked to about, I think it was five, six people. Um, one of the first things I would do after messaging, and if you click that way, I'd always give my number. I'm like, hey, I'm not, I'm not being one of those perverts, but text me so I can, or call me so I can actually hear your voice, hear the response, and I would explain it. And, mo and I think five out of the seven actually, you know, was responsive. They would call me right away and be like, hey, you know, it's so and so. I just wanted to say hi, and well, yeah. And then you hear you hear their voice, you hear you hear how they're feeling, and it's not a you you get their mood, you get their thing where they're like, well, yeah, I'm having a good day, which could text message or messaging wise could be received, you know, three four different ways. Absolutely, if that makes actually, sense. You actually cut out a lot of misreading things because you're missing the tone. And so sometimes yeah, that's people the word come, come across harsh in the text when knows how you're perceiving it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. The, you, you miss the tone when it comes to text and messaging, which that's what I loved with giving my phone number out. You hear the tone, you hear this, you hear that. Um, I mean, I had, I had met somebody that we, we were never a couple. We never went out. We never dated, but we actually became very good friends. You know, and I've, you know, I complained about people I had dated. She had complained about people she dated and we're like, ah, you know, and had to, you know, you're, you're, you're being there for the other person kind of thing and listening to their, oh, he doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. And yeah, this poor girl, you know, she'd been, she'd been with this guy for about a year now. And she's like, he's never said this. He's never said that. I don't know where it's going. And I'm just like, I you gotta do this and that and you try to give advice but like i said we we were gonna date and we just realized we didn't click that way but we clicked in a friendship but 
you know, um, that's a good thing that you're able to walk away and still say, you know what, we can't have a relationship. That's not what's going to work here. But we can, you know, take a friendship because sometimes it's not all going to be about, you know, finding someone forever and ever, but building a healthy relationship with the person of the opposite, opposite sex is good for you, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, my best, my best friend, like I said, my best friend in the world is a woman. And there's, there's nothing. I'd love, I'd love to see a trivia contest on me. And I mean, this woman would win. <laughs> She'd blow everybody up and she's like my best friend. And it's, it's funny because, you know, guys are best friends with guys, but I'm like, well, no, you know, I got, I got really good friends who are guys, but my best friend in the world is a woman. If yeah. that makes, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. Um, the one person that I'm like very close to, I have known him since we were both in the womb. And he's a guy that, you know, he would pass right. a year two just like I would. Right. Yeah, so you can, you know, men and women can be close, be very good mm-hmm. friends, and it's just platonic. Right. And I mean, I, I'd be the first to admit her and I had met in a sexual encounter. And then after that, we just kind of like became friends and I'm like, you know, it just, it grew from there. Um, in no way do we have, you know, sexual intercourse anymore. And that's, that's all done. Um, and this was done in 94, 95, somewhere in there. But I mean, and again, her and I have been best friends. She's the only person I've talked to really, really close to since I've, since I unfortunately left Atlanta, I'd love to move back one day, but just got to convince the current relationship which seems to keep growing um i got the kids involved the kids are all like yeah let's move to atlanta i just got to convince the uh, mother of the kids <laughs> yeah. to move but she likes the small town i'm like oh come on oh. Man, yeah, I literally i live in a medium. small town i live in a small town where literally the closest i guess you'd call it a fast food joint but the closest fast food thing I've got is a subway and that's connected to a uh, gas station convenience store. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm right outside of Menominee, Wisconsin, which I got to drive about 20 some odd minutes. If I want Burger King, McDonald's, Arby's, Wendy's, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's a bit much. <sighs> right. So as far as, as far as Chuck Purnell is today, what would your advice be to, let's just say, a woman who's frustrated with dating and always running into the same type of person, and she's just ready to give up on love because she feels like, you know, there's nobody for her. You have quite a lot of experience as well as a very um, a very positive outlook on life. What would you say to her? Not, it's funny. Not only that, I've dated every... I don't, I don't mean this, this sounds dumb, but not every type, you know, I don't mean it every type of woman. I have dated everything from skinny to heavy to demonic to Christian to, oh, this or that or uh, change. Look at, instead of looking at the same guy, instead of looking at the same type of guy or look back at your past relationships, what is the same with every guy that you've dated? There has to be something if it has been messed up or if it's ruined. If you've dated 10 guys, 
take those 10, what is the same of those 10 and what is different? If there is something different and say, say you liked, you know, the sixth one and he did this, take what he did that was good, put that into a new line. What did they all tend to do that was bad? And not, don't think of after X amount of time, think of when you first met them, what was it you didn't like? And then disregard what they didn't, what, what you didn't like. Don't choose a guy that keeps doing that. Take that, because obviously that didn't work if they all do the same thing right from the beginning. Um, wh where I went to high school with was, I mean, it was basically 902 and I was at the time. I went to school with a bunch of yuppies, and I'm a hard rock heavy metal fan, and I had the hair at the time and the jean jacket and everything. And I couldn't get a girl to give me the time of day. But if that, you know, I mean, that's what you're looking for. Well, try it. Give it. There's got to be one of those guys that you find attractive. Give them the time of day. It might be different. But you also are going to find something that they do different than the other 10 guys that you're going to like. And then hopefully what it's going to do is add to that. Um, like I say, take what they did wrong and disregard what they did wrong. Don't find a guy that keeps doing the same thing. Absolutely. Now, you know, you made me think of something. You said you've dated a variety um, of women, mm -hmm. you know, stuck to a certain type. So we have never right stuck to a certain type. Sorry. Never, never stuck to a certain type. Oh, absolutely. But we have some people who get so transfixed on a particular oh, yeah. type of person. I want six foot. I want, um, you know, buff. I need bald head. You know, people get stuck on yep. things like that. And so obviously you limit or yourself. But what do you guys, say to her? Guys with women. I mean, guys with women, are like, well, she has to be under 150 pounds. She has to be under 200. She has to be under 400, whatever. And I don't, I don't mean this horrible at all but both my ex-wives were about 350 plus and it never the the their weight never bothered me because it was one of those things in high school i mean i dated a woman who was went to prom with a woman who was you know under 200 she's about 150 somewhere in there but then you just you, you keep your options open because you're not marrying a woman. You're not dating a woman on looks. You're marrying dating a woman on personality. You know, you, you, to me, you can't, I don't want to sit there and have a conversation with a Valley girl and, oh, it's a really nice night, isn't it? And she's like, oh my God, like, oh yeah. And she weighs, you know, a hundred pounds. I would rather date the older woman that's like, or the um, heavier woman that's like, yeah, this is really nice. And I've, I've done that. I mean, I've been with women who look like a twig and I've, or I've dated women who look like a twig and I've dated women who, you know, are over 200 pounds or more. And the thing I've learned, it's funny. The one who's not, what do you call it? Not really concerned with their looks. On outside of a health reason, always be concerned on a health reason, but don't, don't be concerned like, oh, I'd like that guy at the bar, but I weigh this. Don't, don't worry about that. You know, just do it. And if they, if they acknowledge it, 
great. If they don't, you've only met him for two minutes. Blow it off to hell with him. Absolutely. That's important because it does kind of stunt people. Um, there's a group that I'm in on Facebook and there are a lot of women in there who are consistently complaining about being overlooked by a particular type of man because they feel they are being judged based on their weight. But why are we focusing on somebody who's not interested in you when there are other people who are? Yeah. And to me, to me, guys like that are jerks. It's like, dude, just, you, you have the internet for that if that if that's going to be your thing but that that girl probably isn't going to give you the time of day go with the go with the one that's going to be there for you that is health if, if she's healthy to heck with it i don't know how to i don't i'm sorry i don't i'm losing like how to explain it like i i you fell in love with two women health. Sorry, and my 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 current relationship. I mean, she's she's about two two twenty five somewhere there, and I find her gorgeous. I mean, she's beautiful to me, and she has finally come to that term where she's not out to impress anybody. She's she's already got the guy as far as far as I know. She's already got the guy that's impressed by her. Um, I don't think women women. To me, girls, women should just, if you're happy with where you are, tell every other guy that's going to be like, you know, I really like your personality, but I can't show you off. First thing I love doing when I've met somebody is showing them off the people I know. My current relationship, I mean, I can't wait to go down to Atlanta or bring my friend from Atlanta up here to meet for them to meet each other. You know, they're friends on Facebook, they've called each other, they've talked, they've done this, that, and the other, but they've never met each other face to face. And it's really, really cool to me. Both of them cannot wait to become friends in a personal level. Um, if that makes sense. And the, that's a beautiful you know, thing. I really like that. You don't really hear a lot of that. Well, at least I haven't heard a lot of that. You know, sometimes people want to keep their Facebook friends private or whatever until right. you know you're really, really sure, like or married that type of thing. But mm -hmm. it's nice. I, I appreciate you saying that you are happy and you enjoy showing her off because that does bring another level of comfortability and confidence to her and the relationship. And so it, you know, it's bonus points because mm -hmm. It continues to be the foundation or a building block for a healthy relationship. Right. Well, being, being the small town that we're in, everybody in the small town, of course, she's been here for about two years. Everybody knows her. Nobody knew me. And we had gone to the local bar and we've been going to this place ever since for about the past year or so. And over the weekend, we went to watch the, again, being in Wisconsin, of course, is the Packer Vikings NFL game. Mm -hmm. And you got half half pulling for the Vikings, which I thought was weird. I'm like, we're in Wisconsin, right? Should you be pulling for the Packers? Um, and I've I've complained about Minnesota since '94. Every <laughs> everything that comes up with Minnesota, I complain, so I was pulling for the Packers. But one of the regulars had come up to me and and had said, you guys are great. You guys are so good together. She goes, I, and it was, a, it was a female, it was a woman. And she's like, I, 
I can't believe that she met you. Her ex was this and that and the other. And she goes, you guys are wonderful together. And I, yeah, that, that made me feel just great. I mean, I'm in a relationship where I can be that loudmouth guy at a bar, music, football, sports, whatever. And she just sits back and laughs. And she's even had people come up and be like, Have you, can't you put a leash on him? And she's been like, well, no, this is him. This is how he is. I'm not going to do this or that. This is him. And I've never had that before. I've always had the, can you keep it down? Can you do this? Can you do that? And I'm like, well, I'm pulling for the, pe-, you know, cliche. I'm, pu- I'm pulling for the Packers, but we don't say anything to the Vikings fans. You know, the four Vikings fans in the room, when the Vikings did something, you know, we don't hear that. You know, if that makes sense. Uh, but that? she's like, no. She's like, you know, my current relationship, she's like, I've unhooked the leash. Go ahead, do whatever. She goes, I love you for this. She goes, this is you. She goes, I love everything about you. So I'm like, yeah, I, I fall asleep happy probably every night. That is awesome. That is so good. And Or with my relationship, I should say, I fall asleep happy every night. That's awesome. But. It sounds like you found, you know, you each found your person because you're, you, from what I can tell, are bringing out the very best in the, of each other. Right. I, and I, I believe that. I think so. I mean, her and I have talked, you know, about our relationship, about each other. And it's like, you know, we've both done that whole, you know, okay, you like this, 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 and this. What's, what don't you like? And we've, you know, we've, we've uh, actually, discussed it talked about it and actually worked on this or that but there i mean there's very very little in this relationship there's very little so far that hasn't hasn't hit a ditch necessarily um you know sometimes being being not being a parent i mean i don't have any kids um but dealing with her kid i would say her kids is probably the worst probably the toughest thing i should say worst thing or whatever um on my end because she'll she'll work at night and they'll come home from school and i've got to deal with the two brothers or the daughter you know the two brothers arguing or brother arguing with the daughter that kind of thing so it's challenging Mm -hmm. i would say that's probably the biggest challenge yeah i can imagine that but looks like we're coming to the end of our recording here and i want to allow you the opportunity just to share with our listeners where they can get in touch with you and what you have going on in your life. Well, uh, Facebook, Chuck Parnell, um, just like that. I'm trying to start a podcast. Um, and I guess you'd call it pre-production, trying to get it. I got to get all the equipment and learn what I'm doing. Um, I'm 46. So I'm kind of like technologically ignorant at the moment <laughs> with what everything is. Trying to get her, trying to get it done. Uh, the podcast will be called "Are Your Horns Up." There is a Facebook page if I can, if I'm allowed to pitch it. Um, called "Are Your Horns Up." There's also the production company called A Little Crazy Productions. Um, I don't. Know, I guess I shouldn't give my phone number out, but if anybody wants to get in touch and needs somebody to talk to you relationship-wise, I mean, I'm open. Like I say, I'm, a, I'm an open book. I don't, you know. I I welcome anybody that wants to talk and I'll listen. I won't be that, do you mind I'm doing this or that? I'll, if I don't respond right away, I will respond or I will answer back. 
That is and I'd love to help. I'd love to help relationship wise. Like I Thanks. said, I've been through it. Yeah, you've had a lot of different experiences. <laughs> I definitely want to thank you, Chuck, for sharing so much of yourself so openly oh, thank you. and so freely. Thank you very much. I appreciate this. Thank you for listening to the Project Real Love Podcast. If you like what you heard, hit subscribe and share it with a friend. Connect with the host on social media at Pink Girl Teaches. Until next time, remember, this is about real love between real people. <laughs>